Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis from KQED Podcasts comes on our watch season two, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Jason Flom. And you're Maggie Freeling. Hey, Jason. Every day we learn about another person who shouldn't be in prison. 58 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. So glad you're home. If you want to be part of this work, listen to Wrongful Conviction. The podcast where we hand the mic to innocent people to hear their stories. How do you send someone innocent to prison? Listen to new episodes of Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling and Jason Flom on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. We begin with new demands for immediate reform at the state's Employment Development Department, which is in charge of providing unemployment benefits to Californians who've lost their jobs. Those demands are coming from more than 60 California lawmakers in a letter to Governor Gavin Newsom. The California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin has more. The letter follows last week's tense assembly oversight hearing where EDD admitted to more than a million outstanding claims and that they have no clear plan to resolve most of them. Newsom has announced a strike team to look into issues at the agency, but some lawmakers are skeptical that it will actually help. So they've asked the governor to institute immediate payments to applicants and allow for retroactive certification for those benefits. As they wait to be paid, many Californians also face a likely end to the state's eviction moratorium within weeks, and even those who are getting payments have reduced pandemic assistance starting this month. For the California Report, I'm Mary Franklin Harvin. In Washington, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says additional unemployment payments for people who lost their jobs are crucial as the country tries to deal with the economic fallout of the COVID-19 pandemic. KQED politics reporter Katie Orr has details on Pelosi's remarks. 
Pelosi spoke about ongoing negotiations over the latest COVID-19 relief package during a virtual event with the Public Policy Institute of California. She said one of the sticking points between Democrats and Republicans is whether to renew the $600 a week federal unemployment benefits on top of state benefits for people who lost their jobs in the pandemic. Tens of millions of people have filed for unemployment insurance. So we really do need the federal government to put that money in the pockets of the American people. Pelosi said there's also disagreement about additional money for state and local governments. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. The U.S. Census Bureau will now end its counting efforts on September 30th. That's a month earlier than previously announced. KPBS reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler says this puts local census efforts in San Diego, already constrained by the pandemic, under even more pressure to get the count done quickly and accurately. The census count had been extended to October 31st to help census takers accommodate for social distancing during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, the Census Bureau is shortening that extension by a month. It says it's doing so to make sure the count is done by the end of the year. Local organizations have been pushing for an accurate count to make sure federal funding gets to under-resourced areas. They believe the move is meant to depress the count in immigrant neighborhoods. We're used to being disenfranchised and having to move fast, and you know, hopefully we'll be able to make sure that we get an accurate count. Brenda Diaz is with the nonprofit Mid-City Community Advocacy Network, which has been spearheading census efforts in the City Heights neighborhood. It's an area with a large population of immigrants and refugees. We're talking about trillions of dollars, right, if our communities are not counted. It's a trillion dollars over the next 10 years, which we won't have for health care, emergency services, education, even school meals for, for, for the future generations. Right now, City Heights' self-response rate is at 59.5%, with government census takers set to visit homes that haven't responded yet starting next week. On the whole, the county's self-response rate is 68.9%, currently outpacing 2010's self-response rate. For the California Report, I'm Max Rivlin-Adler in San Diego. In Los Angeles, the county's COVID-19 cases are growing by more than 2,000 cases a day, but the real number may be much higher. As KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports, technical issues on the state level may have led to an underreporting of cases for the last two weeks. Usually, the laboratory doing the COVID-19 testing sends the names of positive patients to both the state and county health departments. Now, that system isn't working. The issue is that the feed is not 100% complete, and nobody's really sure how many cases are being dropped. In a reversal of the normal process, Barbara Ferrer, director of the county's health department, encouraged Angelinos who test positive to contact the county so that contact tracers can keep up. The labs report that information to a provider and in some cases directly to a patient. That is not part of this data collection system that's interrupted and not working so well. Ferrer said they are double-checking the data and creating their own system. They should have an accurate count by the end of the week. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. Partisan leanings are a major factor driving Californians' views about the coronavirus pandemic. That's according to a new survey. KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos reports. The poll from UC Berkeley finds that Democrats and no-party preference voters overwhelmingly believe the state moved too quickly to ease pandemic-related restrictions on businesses. Those groups also believe masks are effective in preventing the spread of COVID-19. 
But a strong majority of Republicans say the business restrictions needed to be lifted because of the damage they were doing to the economy. And more than half of GOP voters are skeptical about masks, with 21 percent saying they're not effective at all. The survey of more than 8,300 registered voters conducted last month also finds just 14 percent of voters support a full return to in-person schooling, with a plurality of Republicans and Trump supporters favoring in-school instruction. For the California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts. On yesterday's show, we took you to a pop-up COVID-19 testing site in San Francisco's Mission District. It's a predominantly Latino neighborhood and one of the hardest hit by the coronavirus. Research shows that Latinos make up 15 percent of the city's population, but half of all its COVID cases. Data like that has helped activists convince public health officials that they need more tests. At the front of a line waiting to get tested were two sisters, Teresa Passion and Aida Ibarra. They run a business making tortillas and masa called La Palma Mexicatessen, and they were there with almost their entire staff getting tested together. Well, we have a fairly large crew of essential workers, and um, before COVID, we were open seven days a week. Now we're open six days. So we just thought... um, My sister and I thought it was essential that all of us workers be tested as a group. And um, their first response was, are you guys going? You know, we said, of course, we're going to do this as a team, Uh like the team we are together. You know, and you're online together. There's 25 of you there. There might be a little bit. There's a little bit. I think there's a little more. I think we're closer to 30. Yeah. Yeah. There's 30 of us. Uh, We're all in line. Um, You know, we both of us got here early. So we can show a support that, you know, that this is very important to us. Well, why do you think it matters that you come? Well, to show them that it's important, that to show them that you're not to have fear, because I'm sure this is a fear of an unknown for everybody. This is the first time anybody's lived through a pandemic. Also, um, the, the, to support them that, you know, we are just like them. We, we were worried about their health is paramount to anything, to, to business, you know, their, their health and their families. Because they are essential workers, so I know a lot of them, their spouses are home, their kids are home. So when they come home from work, I'm sure there's a little bit of fear in their families that they've been working with the public. But um, in, in with that said, we're very, very, very cautious at work. Everybody changes gloves all day, face masks. We're very, we've always been very vigilant on cleaning. Oh, it looks like we're advancing in the line here. So what happened? Did you shut down your business? Yeah, for a few days we did. We're cleaning right now. Um, we're putting up some more plexiglass. I think this thing has escalated. But I think that was the main thing of everyone getting tested at the same time. Because since everyone is off, let's see, you know, you know, uh, what the outcome is. And then from there, we'll, we'll figure out what we do uh, business-wise. That was Teresa Passion with her sister Aida Ibarra. They're the owners of La Palma Mexicatessen in San Francisco's Mission District. And after closing for a few days of cleaning, their business has been able to safely reopen. 
Finally this morning, ride-hailing companies Uber and Lyft are being... Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com slash parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. I'm Jason Flom. And you're Maggie Freeling. Hey, Jason. Every day we learn about another person who shouldn't be in prison. 58 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. So glad you're home. If you want to be part of this work, listen to Wrongful Conviction. The podcast where we hand the mic to innocent people to hear their stories. How do you send someone innocent to prison? Listen to new episodes of Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling and Jason Flom on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.